I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine I've been on the low, I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine Hey everyone, welcome back to Project Beta he is 34 years old from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and works for Milwaukee Fire Department, firefighter paramedic, uh, five years in the business, however, two years with uh, Milwaukee Fire Department. And uh, this man's got a story for y'all. All right, Alberto. So we do ask everyone, um, how did you get interested in being a first responder? Well, I, I remember, I, I can go back to high school when we had career day and we had a program from the Milwaukee fire department that came and said, Hey, we've got this awesome program. You should think about for uh, our cadets. You come in, you give us some time and we'll get you through an Academy and you'll get into being a firefighter. And I thought about it, but decided I wanted to go to college and I eventually studied medicine. Um, college didn't pan out for me. Uh, and it was throughout, my twenties where I was working different jobs. I was always that point person in the family, like being the only guy growing up in the household. As I became older and older, I was always that person that was called at any time of the day. Sometimes I was called at midnight. Sometimes it was eight in the morning, eight at night. Whenever I was called, I always had to go and fix it. So I said to myself, you know, you, you wanted to work in medicine, I've always loved being active. And as I became a new father, I got tired of working this job, that job, sometimes juggling three jobs. And I said, you know what? I've been helping people my whole life. I might as well get paid to do it <laughs> and started looking into um, that firefighting thing that I could have done in high school. And now I want to figure out how to get in. And one thing led to another, one class led to another, and, and here I am five years later from deciding to take my first class to get into the fire service. Yeah, so what, you know, you and I have talked outside of this, what were you before you became, you know, a firefighter paramedic? What was I? I was a little bit of everything. Uh, I worked in customer service, whether it was working, um, as a barista, I worked as a bartender serving Milwaukee's nightlife for years off and on. I worked in sales. I worked in the restaurant industry. Uh, almost anything I could do just to, to get a check and then make it through. But throughout everything that I did, it was always people-centered. And one thing I was always great with was just relating and talking to people and just treating people with respect. And I think that skill of really being able to read people and understand people, that is something that you're not taught. So as a first responder, that's crucial, right? On being successful or not during your patient assessments and really rendering care. So you were a first responder with your friends and family, and then you turn into a career first responder. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, you and I have talked about you know, you wanting to have your daughter proud of you and, and, you know, wanting to do something that she was proud of and she could look up to. 
why did you hone in on, you know, being a, a firefighter paramedic? Why was that? Well, you can, you, you know, anybody out there could be anything for their daughter, you know, for their son. Like, why was that the, the hone in? Well, I think even beyond uh, just my daughter, you know, I, I thought about all the other children from the Milwaukee area that are looking for an example to follow. And I thought about, you know, someone else's kid who is walking down the block and sees somebody that looks like them hop off of an engine and for them to say, you know what, I think that could be me one day. Mm -hmm. And that was very important for me to, I love being from Milwaukee. I'm extremely proud of the city of Milwaukee and specifically, you know, being from the South side, being a Latino and having been through so much and still be able to make my own decisions in life where other people made the wrong choices. Some of them, the choices led to them not being alive anymore. And here I am, if I can be an example, not just for my own daughter, but for other people's kids, uh, that was a huge motivator for me to say, if I were to attempt getting into this, this service, I can literally help people, but also be that example every day when I go, when I go to work. I think mentorship in your own community communities, these microcultures that you represent, I mean, it's very powerful. And like you said, representing someone that looks like these populations where you're saying you have a choice, right? And first responder, that's why a lot of people uh, from our podcast that we've talked to, that's why a lot join the military too, is the same concept of breaking the statistic and uh, giving back to their communities. Um, Talking about mentorship, uh, who was your mentor? Oh, I, there wasn't just one mentor. Um, in, in life, growing up without a father figure in household, I, I found that in many different examples throughout life, whether it be specific teachers throughout schooling, or when I, when I got on the job, we had lieutenants or people that had time on the job who saw something in me, saw a work ethic in me, and made me believe that I could get to that full-time position and would have workouts with me, would help me brush up on my resume. And this isn't just one person, but the many people, whether it was the smaller departments that I worked at, or the private ambulance companies I worked at, being at my partner or the higher ups, uh, it was more than one person. And I was very fortunate to have more than one person that I could say would count as a mentor. Not everybody has that. I always seek that out wherever I went. And I think it was because I did not have a father growing up. I was always looking for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, you, you've gotten attached to this. I mean, yeah, you've had multiple mentors, but you've gotten attached to this one. And, you know, if you're comfortable with speaking about this one, you know, talk, talk about that one a little bit. Sure. Uh, well, the, um, the decision to become a firefighter came with a few challenges for me. I decided to do this when I was say about, 28, 29 years old. 
I had had enough of working those jobs. I had uh, a loss that was suffered in my family. And after all the things I've been through in life, I said, I now want to be a firefighter. How do I get in? And I was told, you've got to go start taking fire one level classes, get your EMT basic. As a matter of fact, if you want to do all that, you should go to your local technical college. They probably have a program. And I found out they had a orientation day where you could just kind of go and find out about these programs, talk to newer students and students that are almost done with their program and get a feel for it. Like an open house. And it was there that I met uh, awesome individuals and one in particular who at the time he was kind of like the leader of that program. We took a picture together. I still have it to this day. Every, every now and then I look at it. Um, and this guy was president of the, the firefighter um, organization that we had there. I enrolled in class. This guy was always there setting up the volunteer opportunities, mentorship opportunities. And as I went from class to class, eventually to getting an internship, eventually to getting um, hired onto my department, getting through the academy, getting out into the field, he was there every step of the way, always checking in on me saying, hey, what's going on with this? I heard you made it here. What station are you at? How are things going your first year? It was always great to just have him in that circle. Such a positive guy. And then came last year when I was visiting a friend and I found uh, terrible news that uh, he was no longer with us. And what we eventually found out was that he, uh, he decided to end his life. And it was a very, um, like hitting a brick wall moment in my life because this, this guy who was always there for me, always there to check in on me is no longer here anymore. And it was a very, very, uh, tough, tough thing to go through and, and I'm still going through I still think about him often uh, and that's about all I can say right now unless there's anything else you want to know about that no 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 no. Uh, thank you for sharing um, you know whatever you want to disclose about that situation is up to you uh, you know Bree has also gone mm-hmm. through her uh, mental health battle with you know her dad committing suicide as well and he was a CHP officer and and you know in our field so uh, you know I'm sure she, you know she knows what you're going through and and, um, and you know she can also talk about that but um, you know with that being said how do you think did that fuel you to continue on in the fire service or did that kind of maybe derail you what like where were you at well uh when i was um when that happened i was about say halfway through my uh, probationary year we have to serve one entire year as a probationary uh firefighter where and you are learning the ropes you're learning the ways of your fire station and it's almost like you're walking on thin ice so if you're talking about being on edge as it is, um, you're just you're just happy to be home for the couple of days that we're off. Yeah. Because now you know 
nobody's yelling at me about why, you know, I didn't bake cookies right or, or whatever it is. So just being home, it's like, oh, God, I'm home, you know. Uh, but for that to have happened on, on my day off during, during a time when I was, you know, it's great to catch up with friends. And when I, when I found that out, uh, where I am now from when that happened, I, I remember as I was working through my emotions, telling myself that I want to make my career count mm. because I would not be where I am if it were not for people like him. And I feel a sense of debt to make sure that the service that I give others matters and that I give my best in his honor and all those who, who have, have lifted other people up and, and are no longer here for, for whatever reason. I, I owe him and them that. And I made, I, I worked through that and I made that promise to myself when that happened. Yeah, that's very inspirational um, to say that because you're carrying a lot of weight and a lot of emotions behind something that doesn't seem to make sense for those who have who aren't in those positions. Right. You said he was very charismatic and very positive, And then I'm sure it was unexpected. Right. That this person, this mentor, all of a sudden decided he was done, which I parallel that type of emotion and that experience, because once again, you know, my my father did commit suicide and everyone who talked about him said he, they would have thought he was the last person who would do that. So sometimes, right, we're, we're kind of cool, calm and collective. We're like ducks treading water and underneath. We don't really know what's going on. And it is very inspirational to hear you say that instead of taking it in a negative way, reflecting on, you know, oh, you know, the fear of the job, really, because you carry so many things with you from the job. I think it's really inspirational that you say that you actually honor him by being the best that you could possibly be, which is incredible. I mean, that's a really interesting perspective because we haven't really heard a lot of people say that. With that being said, also, you know, you were 29 years old when you entered, you said 28, 29. Do you think entering into the fire department in an as an older, you know, older, you're still young, but um, we're talking comparing to an 18 year old to a decade later, you have all this experience and you've lived, you know, a life of I know what I don't want to do now. Do you think that having that type of practical life experience has helped you stay mentally well in these last five years, even with this blow of a suicide of your mentor? I feel like it has. I feel like at the age I came into this field, it's almost like I was hitting the ground running. I had already been through the grind of being on a college campus and trying to figure out a schedule, figure out your assignments and still have a social life. I was a father. So having a, a sense of responsibility, if, if I don't do what I have to do, someone else is going to suffer. Mm -hmm. And that is just a part of, of my, without even thinking about it, that's just who I am every day before I came into this job. And I carry that 
into being a newer firefighter, understanding the, the gravity of if I don't do my job, this job is not getting done. I have to do my job. Mm. No oopsie, they'll, they'll try better later. It was the sense of urgency, the sense of responsibility, and the gravity of things I understood. Mm-hmm. So it didn't weigh on me as much. I knew that this is what has to be done. Because mm. in my life before this, honey, if it don't get done, it ain't going to get done. <laughs> you know, So I already had that. There's no, oh, I can't handle this. Like, no, got to get done. No. That's why I'm here. Mm. No. And no, you, you know, you say, you know, your, your department is specific things got to get done. So what, you know, talking about Milwaukee FD and congratulations, by the way, and NBA finals, you know, I, I, we, saw that out. We, saw that out. we saw that out here in Cal. I'm sure you were very busy that night. Uh, you know, talking about your department in specific so that the whole, you know, nation can hear what your department is doing different, or maybe your department is doing something that another department is doing similar, you know, whatever the case may be, what is your department doing different or what you think your department stands out? What is the mental health aspect of your department? So we have, um, what we call a, a peer support team. So this is a team of firefighters that have, uh, volunteered to go through training so that they can be called upon should someone say they need to talk to someone. Let's say you're going through family issues, financial issues, substance abuse issues, and there is a no pressure, no obligations way that you can talk to somebody who probably has been through that in some form or fashion themselves. And they have the training to talk to you. And if you still want to get you somewhere where you can actually get some help without having your job be threatened or affected. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's huge. That's one of the avenues that our fire department has, has been there for its members. Another one has been, uh, the Ignite the Spirit, which is um, an organization that there are chapters throughout the country, but Milwaukee has a chapter uh, within it where if you need help, you know, paying for some of the uh, mental health providers that sometimes insurance may not cover, only cover so much of, and you really need that help, Ignite the Spirit can then kick in with the funds that it raises through, through its different charitable event, I can say, Hey, let's cover this for you. You need the help. We want to get you back where you need to be, not just for the job, but just for life. Mm. And let's get you some help. So that has been instrumental in being there for its members. And is that just for Milwaukee fire department? Is that for public service in Milwaukee in general for like, it's a Milwaukee uh, fire, but we do reach out to other uh, emergency responders in the area as well. Mm. So if someone is from a local fire department or police and they reach out to us, we can help as well. Mm. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a great resource. Yeah. And like, you know, when you're talking about, you know, being Hispanic and being out in Milwaukee, all I think of is being Hispanic in Milwaukee, which is not the norm. So uh, I have a dying question. Like, do 
is there, do you feel a sense of like, you're not with your pay? Like here, there's so much diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, I walk into a household, they they are accepting of, of that. How about in Milwaukee? Well, I, I feel like when I pull up on scene, especially in the first in area that I serve, it's, it's primarily uh, a Spanish-speaking Latino community. Mm. So actually more times than not, when I come in and we find out that that patient only speaks Spanish, <laughs> once I start talking in Spanish, you can feel the immediate relief, <laughs> not just from the patient, but yeah. the crew. And everybody's like, huh. You know, there have been a few times if it's like four in the morning and I'm just exhausted you know, I'll just kind of be standing there, you know, the initial crew is trying to figure out what's going on and they're desperately trying to, to understand the Spanish and then I'll kind of forget and I'll go, oh, and then I'll start talking <laughs> Spanish and they'll go, this whole time, this whole time, you spoke Spanish? <laughs> I go, sorry, I'm still waking up. <laughs> um, How many times you get off, called off duty? It, How many times you get called off duty? <laughs> What was that? How many times do you get called off duty to translate? Oh, <laughs> thankfully none, because I, I definitely would want my little overtime for that. <laughs> I think it's definitely yeah. really important. That's why communities, whoever our first responders are, should reflect the communities that they serve, right? I mean, now we don't have as many issues with language barriers because you represent that type of heritage and you're able to be bilingual. And you and I have talked about that, how it's a huge advantage for you because you are bilingual also. Because you can talk to different populations and really give adequate medical care. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. key. No. Um, all right. Well, I re- we really appreciate all of your time. Um, we kind of hit on everything here when it comes to your own mental wellness uh, struggles, how you got into the fire department. And uh, truly, I think many people listening will be able to relate to you. And hopefully you'll also inspire many people just like you were inspired. Uh, but you are not done yet. So <laughs> oh. we, <laughs> we have something called rapid fire oh and g's gonna explain the rules i don't think you're ready buddy (laughs) rapid fire so rapid fire is five questions and you gotta answer in one word or one phrase all right okay all right one word one phrase i you know i know you like i know you like (laughs) i know you like to go one word one phrase all right yeah one word one phrase you can follow directions yeah uh, that's just kidding Um, all right first question if you had to live in a sitcom, which sitcom would it be? Seinfeld. <laughs> That's funny. You got hair like Kramer right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second question. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Be a dad. Ooh. That's a good one. Dang. That's a good one. I was going to say, just because you you're a farmer, s- don't act like you don't get scared. But You yeah. are scaring the hell out of me now. <laughs> she is not the father. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, all right, third question. What food would you never eat? That's a tough one. <laughs> we can tell. Rocky Mountain Oysters. Okay, agreed. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Yeah, I haven't tried those. All right, number four. What's the best part of being a father? Seeing them smile. Seeing them smile. That's awesome. Yeah. 
That's I always awesome. say as a parent, you have the highest highs and the lowest lows of your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel being a parent. It's a totally different level. All right. And the last question for you, what is one word to describe yourself? Humble. Mm. That's always a good one. Yeah, like that it. is. Absolutely. And, you know, what you've talked about in these last, you know, 20, 25 minutes or so is definitely humbling to the people listening and, 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 and yourself to just express yourself in a way mm-hmm. that you haven't before, you know, on, on a on a public platform like this. And then, you know, having your department back you, you know, we've had to jump through a little bit of loopholes to get to get this on. And, uh, you know, you're you're up for it and your department's up for it. That's that's mm-hmm. that's definitely a step in the right direction mm-hmm. and you know we we absolutely uh, commend you for coming on and sharing your story and you know being as fresh as it was you know just a year ago mm-hmm. so you know definitely commend you for that and and definitely a leader that i would absolutely follow uh Berto, thank you so much for coming on buddy uh you guys are very welcome and thanks for thanks for having me absolutely and this is project mayday call out call out i finally